Welcome to another episode of Linguistics. In this episode, we will try to answer some more questions which we raised in the first episode. One of the most difficult things to define is the word "word" itself. Funny, isn't it? Linguists have been having debates about this for centuries. Oxford Dictionary defines it as a single distinct meaningful element of speech or writing used with others or sometimes alone to form a sentence and typically shown with space on either side when written or printed while Cambridge Dictionary defines it as a single unit of language it has meaning and can be spoken or written a more accepted version is a word is one or more sounds said in combination have a specific meaning assigned by language as discussed earlier what words can mean a lot of things to different people for example the word august could remind some people of the month of august while for some people it could be a reminder of taylor swift song august by some people of course i mean swifties A major advantage of human language being a learned symbolic communication system is that it is infinitely flexible. Meanings can be changed and new symbols created. This is evident in the fact new words are invented daily and the meaning of old ones changes. For example, the English word nice now generally means pleasing, agreeable, polite and kind. In the 15th century it meant foolish, wanton, lascivious and even wicked. This proves that language evolved with time in response to changing historical and social conditions. Some language transformations typically occur in generations or even more. On this note, let's talk about pigeon and creole. A pigeon is a simplified makeshift language that develops to fulfill the communication needs of people who have no language in common but who need to occasionally interact for commercial and other reasons. Pigeons combine a limited amount of the vocabulary and grammar of the different languages. Pigeon can be something that people assume that one thing could mean. People who use pidgin languages speak their own native languages too. Over the last several centuries, dozens of pidgin languages have developed as Europeans expanded out into the rest of the world for colonization and trade. Pidgins combine a limited amount of vocabulary and grammar of the different languages that are at their disposal. We can look at the Pidgin English and Nigeria, Cameroon and Nigeria. However, several forms of Pidgin English and Pidgin French also developed in West Africa and Caribbean. There have been Pidgins developed by non-European cultures as well. At times, a Pidgin language becomes the mother tongue of population. When that happens, it is called a Creole language. As Pidgins as Pidgins change into creoles over several generations, their vocabularies too enlarge. 
So in short, the languages that we use right now are most probably visions developed into creoles. Thank you so much for listening and sticking up with me throughout the episodes. We'll see you soon with some more interesting facts. Have you ever wondered what language is? Why do we need it? How did we end up with the words we use now? If yes, then stick with me till the end. For in this podcast, I will try to answer some of these questions. This is episode 1 out of 2 for linguistics. Language is a means by which animals, including humans, communicate with each other. And how the words are meaningfully combined is defined as syntax and grammar. We communicate in various ways. Sometimes we use words, while other times we use a sign language. Different systems of communication aren't unique to human beings. Other animal species also communicate in a variety of ways. For example, a bird chirps, may communicate that territory is his or hers and should not be encroached upon or the way ants release a chemical when it dies and then other ants carry it away to the compost heap or the way honeybees communicate by their weird little dance. The thing about humans however is that we both we use both signals and symbols for communication while other species do not. However, the symbols and signals can be misinterpreted. Symbols are sounds or things which have meaning given to them by the users. For example, the word green may be seen in various ways by different people. For some, it will be forest green, while for some, it may be sepia or viridian. The word green does not in any way physically resemble the color it stands for, except for the word orange. All symbols have a material form, but the meaning cannot be discovered by mere sensory examination of their forms. Some people believe that the early humans identified sounds in the environment and made connections between a sound and a thing or organism that produced that sound. The Bow-Wow theory, the Poo theory, the physical adaptation source and social interaction theory support the natural sound theory. The early human tried to imitate the sounds, then used them to refer to those objects even when they weren't around them. Speech is developed from the instinctive sounds people make in emotional circumstances. The sounds of a person involved in physical effort could be the source of a language, especially when that physical effort involved several people and the interaction had to be coordinated. The natural sound theory is more believable and is proved to some extent by various experiments. The basic idea here is that sounds produced when a person is involved in physical effort may have been the source of language.
especially when the aforementioned physical activity or effort involves several people and the interaction required coordination. For example, while hunting, people had to coordinate with each other and to do so sometimes maybe sign language wasn't enough. So maybe they came up with different ways to convey the needed message. Many studies have proven that the parts of the brain that are responsible for vocalization and object manipulation are both located very close by in the left hemisphere of the brain. That implies that maybe somehow tool making and using abilities and language skills are connected. The physical adaptation is similar to the evolution theory from four-legged creatures we started walking in two legs. From slanting teeth like apes to straight and less sharp teeth along with a small mouth that can open and close rapidly. A short thick and muscle tongue allow us to make a wide variety of sounds. With time, humans were able to close off the airway to the nose enabling more air pressure buildup. The integrally interlaced muscles enable us to deliver sounds fast and powerfully with proper stress on sounds. The larynx in humans is appropriately present at the place it is such that it can produce maximum sounds within the required frequency. However, the absence of concrete evidence led to some people believing in the divine source theory, according to which divine being intervened and granted humans the ability to use language or a means to communicate their emotions and needs. So that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening and stick around for episode 2.